Father in heaven, we pray that you'll bless our time together in this meeting tonight. Keep us near the cross. Bring us to see again the dying of the Lamb of God. And we pray, our loving Father, that there'll be a conscious sense of the one who not only lived and died, but the one who, praise God, rose again for our justification. So bless this in this place, we pray in the Saviour's name. Amen. Our opening hymn tonight is a hymn 286. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Stand and just watch somebody doesn't take your seat whenever you do stand. And I trust that able to sing. Singing's been good. I always enjoy singing in a hall like this. It was a good high ceiling because I think you can get. So let's really pull out all the stops, as Mr. Kieran just to say, and sing this hymn of his name. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power. Well, Mr. Park. Good job, he's in Tom de Gay. So it is, would you be free from burden of sin? Isn't that right? Yes, it is. Well, it says up here, I stand amazed in the presence. See them old computers, how they're a terrible thing. So it's now, would you be free from your burden of sin? Standing. pathetic amen and everybody said amen, amen and shout it hallelujah. hallelujah amen brother john mccauley one of our elders he's going to come 
now and lead us to the throne of grace in prayer please let's settle ourselves in God's presence let's pray that we might be very conscious that he is here and that all our hearts will be laid bare before him with whom we have to do brother John Let us pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for another night that we're here under the sound of the preaching of thy word. We just thank you for the gospel. We just thank you it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And we just thank you that it's the old, old story. That's old, yet it's ever new. And Lord, we just thank you for this great privilege. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege even that Polly Money has for the gospel coming again for a fortnight. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that those in this town, Lord, unsaved, Lord, will not shirk their responsibility. Lord, that they will come under the sound of thy word. Lord, we thank you for the past week. We just thank you for every night that the Reverend Parker spoke. We just thank you that we felt thy presence, we've known thy presence. We believe that there's been those <coughs> who have been spoken to. We just pray, Lord, even tonight, it'll be the night, Lord, and the love that'll come through for thee. Lord, family members, friends, that have even those that have been invited in, Lord, even you pray, Lord, that you'll speak to them very definitely tonight. We pray for the young people as they sing. Lord, we just thank you for these young people who are singing for thee. So many young people singing for the word today, but just thank you they're singing for thee. And Lord, we pray you'll bless them. Lord, we thank you that the children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing. For the way is going bright and their souls are on the wing. We're going by and by to the palace of a king. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And Lord, we are conscious that there's maybe those tonight in our meeting who are not going there. They're, not, they're on a different road. They're on a different path leading to a different destination. Lord, we just pray, Lord, tonight you'll speak to them. Just pray, Lord, that here they put their head in the pillow tonight. Lord, they'll know that all as well with their soul. Lord, they're ready for heaven and for home. Lord, we just pray, Lord, you'll deal merciful with the sinner tonight. We pray for thy servant, the Reverend Brown, as he brings the word. Lord, we pray, Lord, that he will know liberty here as he stands behind this desk. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you know thy Holy Spirit leading and guiding him every word brought to his remembrance. I just pray, Lord, that he preach with power and unction tonight. We pray for the Reverend Park and Tanergy tonight. We pray, Lord, that he takes that harvest service there. We just pray, Lord, that you'll bless him there. And Lord, even be pleased even to, breath, to save a precious soul even there. And Lord, we Pray, Lord, right throughout our promise tonight. We just thank you for many prayers tonight where the word has been faithfully preached forth. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'll bless the preaching of the gospel tonight, right throughout our promise. Just pray, Lord, that tonight there will be an ungathering of many precious souls. We just thank you you're still on the throne. We just thank you your church has been built and it will be built to the, right, to the last day on this earth. Lord, we just pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, many will be gathered in to Christ. He sings we pray in the Saviour's name. Amen. Thank you, John, for leading us to the throne of grace and prayer. We're delighted tonight to have the Hebron Youth Choir, and we're going to ask them now to come, and they're going to sing their two pieces for us now. The Hebron Youth Choir. Thank you.
Thank you to the Hebron Youth Choir, to Rebecca for playing. No better theme than the blood on the cross. There is no other theme. And we thank them for singing for us tonight. Remember these young people in your prayers. Pray that the Lord will keep them, guard them, guide them. And each day they're a blessing to us in Hebron. And we trust that they will be a blessing to others. We bid you welcome in the Saviour's name to the Gospel Mission this evening. We're glad to see so many have come. And if you're visiting with us, you're especially welcome. And to your own congregation, we thank you for supporting the mission. We thank you for being in attendance tonight and in the nights that have passed. And we trust that you'll keep that up. You'll come back again each night during the week, Monday through to Friday. We bid again our visitors from Scotland. We're delighted that they're with us. Trust that the Lord will bless them and give them safe journey as they would travel home. We also welcome those who are joining us on Sermon Audio, Facebook and YouTube. And we trust that wherever they are, that they will be blessed of the Lord. So do remember, the Gospel Missionist continues tomorrow night and through until Friday. Of course, there's the times of prayer before the service, 7.30, uh, down in the MacArthur Room. So do remember to come and to pray that God will bless. Where there's much prayer, there's much blessing. Where there's little prayer, there's little blessing. And when there's no prayer, there's no blessing. So you come and pray that God will move. Do remember those who will also come to sing. We've been encouraged and enjoyed and blessed by the ministries and song through the week. Monday evening we'll have our sister Lucy Jane Buick. Lucy Jane will be along to sing. Tuesday night, I can say this, well, of the golden oldies, the word of truth. Uh, And nobody else could say that because you would probably say, he shouldn't have said that, you know. But I can say that because I'm part of them and I'm one of the golden oldies. Wednesday night, we have Rebecca Park. And Thursday night, Sister Sarah Knowles. And then Friday night, Marcus and Cherith Leckie. Also on Friday night, we'll have a special testimony of her brother Andy Copeland. Andy Copeland was in the paramilitaries. He had a tough uh, upbringing. He had a tough life, but he met Christ, and that changed everything for time and for eternity. So do remember that. Invite others in during the week. You endeavour to be here. Let's see if we can fill the gallery. We have some in the gallery tonight, but we can still have a space for a few more. So do come and do be with us. We're going to sing together before our brother Evan Brown comes to minister and uh, have a good say minister and song. Well, he could sing if he wants. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Comes to preach to us God's word. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? <laughs> Let's all stand and let's sink on these words.
Each night we have been blessed in the ministry of the Reverend Park. Tonight he's in Tandragee, and we're delighted to have with us the Reverend David Brown. Our brother was our assistant student in Hebron. He then went to take up the ministry in Larne. He's originally from Ballymena, so he hasn't moved too far out of North Antrim, out of County Antrim, and so... Brother, we're delighted that you're with us. We trust that the Lord will bless you as you come to preach to us the gospel. Lord bless you. Well, Martin, thank you very much for the words of welcome. And it is a delight to be with you at your mission here this evening. Also a delight to uh, see the Young People's Choir again. Uh, it was 10 years, it's a decade, uh, since I've been with you as that student minister. And you know what's been most encouraging tonight? Just to watch the difference in 10 years. The kids that were in the front row are now at the back row. And it's encouraging because there's been 10 years there, and they've been here all that time. And there's the evident marks of grace and maturity and growth. And I know when the golden oldies come, there's also been maturity there. They've really been maturing, and the Lord's been blessing them as well. It's good to be back with you in Ballymoney. It's my first time in this section, at least, of the town hall. And I pray the Lord will give you fruit. I couldn't help but just think there, or someone was praying, or whatever it was, it jogged my memory. But I know Nicholson had a very fruitful ministry here some decades ago. I couldn't help but just contemplate while we were singing here, there's people in heaven singing. And they're singing the same songs. And they were saved in this hall several decades ago. And not one of them will regret it. The night in this hall where they put their faith in Jesus Christ. And likewise, 50, 60 years might pass. We ask the question, will you be in glory? Will you be able to sing of the night in Ballymoney Town Hall when the Lord saved you, when you enter into glory? If you would, please, tonight, take your copy of the Scriptures and turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 8. I would certainly encourage you to take the chapter and read it perhaps at home this evening. We'll not do so right now. We will move swiftly to the verse 18. So Jeremiah chapter 8 and the verse 18. We read here of a man whose heart was heavy. Maybe you're like that tonight when you come to the house of God. There can be many issues that makes a heart sad and heavy. And the prophet Jeremiah, speaking here, says, When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. And what he means there, he was seeking for comfort. Just something to encourage and settle his soul. But when he did, he could find no strength in his own heart to comfort himself with. He was broken. He was distraught. Verse 19. 
Behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanity? The harvest is past. The summer is ended. But we are not saved. Perhaps like Jeremiah tonight, you are saved, but your heart's heavy because there's friends and family. Maybe they're here tonight, maybe they're not, and your heart's heavy for them because they're not saved. Another summer has come, another harvest has passed. And you're broken hard and heavy tonight because they're not saved. On the other hand, you might be the one with the heavy heart. And it's because you're not saved. Summer's passed. Harvest is gone. And for another year, you're on convert, And you're heavy about that. You're troubled about that. Well, tonight is the night to change this. And to call upon God. Let's buy in a word of prayer. and seek the Lord together. Our Heavenly Father, as we congregate this evening, we bless you, O Lord, for the congregation who has assembled. Lord, you know the people's hearts tonight. There is no hiding from God. You know, Lord, those who have bowed before thee. You know those who, Lord, have brought their sins before thee. And have prayed for forgiveness. And Lord you know those here tonight. Who for whatever reason. Has refused to do so. They know they can. They know the way. But another year has passed. And they have refrained. From bowing. And calling upon thee for salvation. Lord, we pray for this congregation, for any who are outside of Christ, that, Lord, you would take them off the broad road and set them on the narrow road tonight. Lord, change a life. Change an eternal destination. Perhaps someone here still walking on the broad road to hell. Lord, by your grace, marvelously and wonderfully save them. Lord, perhaps not specifically coming tonight with the expectation of being changed. But Lord, may they get tonight much more than they anticipated. That they would be crowned with the gift of conversion. And from this night onwards, like many of those decades ago, from this night onwards they'll be saved in the town hall and be ready for eternity. And to walk with God now until the day you take them home. Give help, Lord, to this preacher. That's needed. But Lord, give help to every person now. Give help to hear. Give help to receive. And oh God, may the Holy Ghost tonight give help to respond. 
to the invitation to be saved. That none would leave without trusting in thee. Lord, may thy people be praying tonight for real conversion. We're not looking for false professions, but for the possession of salvation. Be with us, Lord. Be mouth, matter, and wisdom, and ears to hear in the Savior's name we pray. Amen and amen. Verse 20 of Jeremiah chapter 8, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. The prophet Jeremiah is moved at the end of harvest to make this well-known statement. Now, we're not told whether the harvest was particularly good that year or whether it was a poor harvest, but this we know, the harvest was past. And there were people that Jeremiah rubbed shoulders with. People that he shared the gospel with. People that he wept over and he prayed for. And he is broken hearted because they're still not saved. Maybe you're here tonight. And that's you. You know full well. You've been invited here tonight. Because someone loves you enough to pluck up the courage to plead with you again. To come to a mission, to hear the gospel. And you know full well behind closed doors, they're praying for your soul. But you will not come. You'll come to church, but you won't come to Christ. You'll come to a meeting to please them. But they're not wanting you just to come into a building. They want you to come into Christ and be ready for time and be ready for eternity. There is not a person, a believer in this room who cannot take this verse personally and say, I'm heavy tonight because I have loved ones, I have friends and they're still not saved. And it gives us a heavy heart. So the prophet's heart is heavy tonight because people have not come to Christ. This is the text I want to leave with you because it is our desire for every one of you who is unsaved tonight that this would be the night you would be saved. Saved from your sin. Saved from eternal wrath. And saved to enjoy a life and eternity with God and with sins forgiven. The heavy heart and harvest is our subject, and there's three observations that I want to leave with you. And the first observation is the trespass they had committed. You see, the people that Jeremiah was preaching to, they were trespassing God's law. They were breaking God's law, and therefore needed to be Saved. And so we must ask the question here, what does it mean to be saved? You see, in Jeremiah's day, like I said, the people were trespassing God's law and there was a catastrophe that was coming. Now, you see that catastrophe intimated in verse 19. Look at verse 19. Behold, the voice of the cry of the daughter 
of my people because of them that dwell in a far country. Let me explain that to you. That's a prophecy. That there would be the daughters of Jerusalem, even the young people. And they would cry unto God. Their voices would be heard crying because of the people that dwell in a far country. There were going to be people that would come. A foreign invasion. And God would send an army. And that army would come because of the people's sin. The Lord would hand them over to another nation and let that nation do what they would want with them. That was going to be the consequences of their behavior. There was a catastrophe coming. And Jeremiah's heart was broken because the people were walking straight into the catastrophe, making no preparation, seeking no forgiveness, in no way trying to avert the coming catastrophe. And again, maybe that's like you tonight. There's a catastrophe waiting for you. And it is your passing from this world into the next. For if you were to die as you sit here tonight... I have to be honest. It's not my desire to try and scare anyone because scaring people will not save you. But it is my duty to be faithful. And if you died tonight without being saved, the word of God makes it clear that there is only one location you will be found. And that is God's hell forevermore. And that's why you've been invited here. Because your friend or your loved one fears for your eternal soul. And they want you to hear the gospel. And to be diverted from the catastrophe that is before you right now in the broad road. Now, observe these people for a moment. Because you might say to yourself, if God was going to send a foreign army to... Have their way with these people. These people must have been pretty bad. They must have been vile and wicked for God to permit some invading force to come in and destroy them. Let me show you what their sins were. Stay with me in Jeremiah chapter 8. And look with me please at the verse number 5. Verse 5. Why then is this people of Jerusalem... This is God speaking. Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit. There's the first problem. They hold fast to deceit. What that means was they latched on to lying and deceitfulness. They thought nothing of deceiving other people to get their own way. They were a deceiving people. Read on in verse 5, because it says at the end of, of the verse, they refuse to return. They refuse to return from their sin. They will not turn. And that's why Jeremiah says another year has ended, almost, and they're still refusing to return. Look at verse number 6. I hearkened and heard. But they spake not aright, God says. The Lord heard them. But they're not asking and doing the right things. No man repented him 
of his wickedness. And there's a key word. No man repented. And that's their sin. There's a list of them here. But that's a most important one. No one's repenting of their sin. And now tonight in this meeting, let's have full transparency. There is no one here who's perfect. There is no one who can stand before God and say, From the day I was born to this, I have committed no vile offense. I have done nothing against thy law. There's no one who can say that. But what sets us apart here this evening is that some readily go to God and repent of their sin. They confess it to the Lord. They acknowledge it and they pray for the Lord to have mercy and forgive them. But some of you refuse to do so. Read on. Verse 6. I hearkened and heard, God said, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? That's what the people are saying. What have I done? Everyone turned to his own course as the horse rusheth into battle. And the idea there is people are rushing into their sin. Look at verse 7 then. Yea, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed times, and the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. These people don't understand God's judgment. What does that mean? Now, you and I, we make judgments every single day, don't we? You have to judge every day. For example, you have to judge what's safe, your food. You have to make a judgment. When somebody sets food in front of you, you have to decide, is this safe to eat? If I made you a feed tonight, it might not be safe for you. You'd be as well not eating it. We have to decide that continually. What about our activities? We have to make judgments every day. Is our activity safe? Is it okay to do this? That's the idea of judgment here. God makes judgments. And the people did not know how God judges between right and wrong. It's not because they had no way of finding out. It's not that these people couldn't find out what God said is right and what God said is wrong. They simply didn't want to know. They were happy in their sin. And that's sad. Maybe tonight, you don't want to know what the Bible says. You're scared to open it because you don't want it to forbid you doing something which you enjoy. You see, look again at verse 8. These people were, well, read the verse for yourself, verse 8. How do ye say, the Lord challenges them, challenges them here how do you say we are wise and the law of the lord is with us what that means is these people were walking around and they were saying listen god's words with us we're okay god's word speaks and we're not disobeying the word when they knew full well they were and i know people like that friends of mine i hold dearly great respect for them And they know what the word of God says, but they would be very quick to say, I'm not disobeying God's law, God's word. I have my own views on how to live. I have my own views of God. What's important is God's view, God's word and God's way. These people, in verse number 8, they 
boasting their wisdom and their knowledge of God's word, all the while ignoring what God's word says. Look at verse number 9, because the Lord puts his finger upon the people's heart. Look at verse number 9, and if you're unsaved tonight, and maybe this is coming close to you, you can associate with this. Look at verse number 9. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken low. They have rejected the word of the Lord. They've rejected God's word. The Lord said, has said, that we're all sinners. The Lord has said to repent of our sin and to come on to him. But you've rejected that tonight. That's the truth of the matter. No matter what you say, no matter what you say your views of God are, no matter what you say uh, your views of your own life, you may see yourself as clean and upright and as good as any Christian you know. But the reality is you've rejected God's word because you will not repent of your sin. And you know that. And I'm pleading with you tonight for the good of your soul. Not you might enjoy God, repent of your sin and come to Christ. Verse 10 says, Therefore will I give their wives unto others and their fields to them that shall inherit them. And what that means is the Lord's going to give them over. These people, you see, they wanted the other nations. They loved the gods of other nations. And so the Lord says, that's fine, I'll give you to the other nations. Now, it doesn't end well when the Lord gives us over to sin. Do you know what's especially sad? Look at verse number 11. Because verse number 11 deals with the preachers and the priests of that day. And look what it says here in verse 11. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You see, there were preachers and so-called prophets in that day, and they were going around the people, and they were saying to them, listen, God loves you. It's okay. Go and do what you want. The Lord understands. Go and sin, and don't worry, there's peace between you and God. And that was a lie. And maybe tonight you sit here and that's a lie you have bought into that you think there is peace between you and God when all the while you're living in sin. There is no peace. There must be a willingness to refuse sin and to walk with God. You see, God could not sit back and watch these people continue to live in sin and do nothing. Think about this for a minute. What kind of being would watch people live in sin and in wickedness and not do anything? Only a devil would sit and watch creation doing all its wicked activities and just sit back and watch. And God is not like that. He will intervene. He always does. That's the trespass that the people committed it's no wonder Jeremiah's heart was heavy when he knew his people continued to live that way and not repenting of their sin. I want you also to see the time that was consumed here. Look at verse number 20. It says the harvest is past and the summer is ended. And so you can see the references to time here. And men and women, time is something that passes us by very quickly. Time ends. Time passes. And I think that's always a solemn observation to consider time. Time isn't something we can hold on to. It's like water. If someone poured water 
you could maybe grab some of it in your hand and even what you grab would seep through your hand or soak into your hand or spill. You just can't hold very much water and time's the same. You can't hold time. It just slips past you. You hold the moment that you live in and then it's gone. You can't save up time and put it in the bank and use it Maybe withdraw it whenever you need extra time. Or you can't save up your time and give it to a loved one when they need it. No time just passes by. Have you ever sat in a room and there's silence and the clock's just ticking and ticking and that's just time going by and you can't get that back again. And I say that tonight. Because life is passing by. Another year has passed by. And we must ask the question, have you lived wisely? Or have you lived foolishly? I remember it was last year we bought a, a year pass for the zoo for some of our kids. And my daughter was very keen to go, or our youngest girl, she was very keen to go to the zoo come November time. And if you've ever been to Belfast Zoo, it would founder you in the middle of summer, let alone the winter. So we weren't all, well, I wasn't all that fussed and going. So I said to my daughter, Julia, listen, whenever there's leaves in the trees, we'll go then. And so winter passed, spring passed, and well, spring arrived. And she had been continually saying, look, Daddy, there's no leaves in the trees yet, so we're not going to the zoo. Eventually, spring came. A few weeks passed. Julia burst in through the door and said, Daddy, look, there's leaves in the trees. We're going to the zoo. So, fair enough. Mommy and her went to the zoo and had a pleasant time. But just the other week, actually just today, why are you laughing? I don't know why you're laughing. Is it because my wife took her? Oh, fair enough. Okay, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was looking out the window, and that same tree, I, I sad in my heart, I must be truthful, that same tree, the leaves are falling off it. And the summer's passed. And I was grieved because... There are several months, and I have ever either lived wisely or foolishly. But either way, I can't get that summer back. My wee girl and all my family six months older now. That time's gone. And what about you this summer? Have you blown it? Have you wasted it? Because you certainly cannot live it again. These people in Jeremiah's day, they spent it foolishly because we are told it was another year of holding fast to deceit. It was another year of refusing to return to the Lord. It was another year of not repenting of their wickedness. It was another year of ignoring God's judgment and how to live properly. It was another year of rejecting God's word. You see, the problem with this people was not that God wasn't willing to save them. The problem was that they were not willing to be saved. They were not willing to come. Therefore, Jeremiah lamented. But can I say this before we move on? This is Jeremiah's lament. But remember, it was the Lord who gave these words to Jeremiah. So you can call it the Lord's lament. And the Lord will be lamenting tonight. That's a reality. And you can hear the Lord saying to you, dear creature, you who he has created, or if I can put it in his words, as I have created you, another year has passed. Another harvest has passed. Another summer has ended and you are still not saved. Is that true of someone here? Could God say that about you? 
Finally, let me just show you the truth that these people ignored. Because Jeremiah says that they were not saved. And so that language of being saved was not foreign to the people. They knew what it meant and what it was to be saved from their sin and from their trespasses. And that's just like, well, I would imagine I can say with confidence tonight, that's like everyone on this Paul. You all have the truth. You know the truth. And you know there's a Savior who's willing to save you if you come. But like these people, you don't come. The people in Jeremiah's day, they were not ignorant of the truth. And you're not ignorant of the truth. You know the truth. You just don't want the truth. You're happy with your version of the truth. You know, this morning, this happens to be my reading today. And when I go home tonight, this is the portion I'm reading, Jeremiah 8. But just this morning, I was reading Jeremiah 7. And just go back there. And look what it says in Jeremiah 7. And the verse number 8, he says, Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Verse number 9, Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom ye know not, and come and stand before me in this house, the house of God, he means, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered to do all these abominations? You see these people... They were living for self and for sin. They're lying to get their own way. They're stealing to get what they want. They are murdering people who inconvenience them. They are swearing falsely to convince other people of their behavior. They are worshipping Baal and all the false gods. And then they come into the house of God and they say, listen, I've been delivered to enjoy my sin. That's not true. It's not true. Many people will say, I'm a Christian. We were often, very often, sadly, speaking to people on Lord and the amount of people who have told me I'm a Christian. And it doesn't take too much digging to find out they are not a Christian according to God's description of a Christian. And you might tonight have your version of what it is to be right with God, but it's not what God says. And I would ask you tonight to put away all your ideas of God and all your ideas of religion and all your ideas of how to please God and come to the word of God and don't reject that but obey God's word men and women God does not sit in heaven as some bored disinterested manager of creation God sits in heaven and he loves this world. And he loved this world enough to send his only begotten son to die for sinners. But God is also grieved by our sin. And I want you to understand that tonight. That when you reject God and when you sin, you grieve him. And you read that in Genesis 6. God was grieved as he watched his people. And sin has consequences. It does. But the people ignored the truth and lost out with God and lost their souls. So let me say in conclusion here, another, another harvest is past and another summer has ended. 
And I want you to be honest before God and with yourself. Just for a moment, be perfectly honest. Do you regret not getting saved last year? As you sit here, do you regret not just getting this whole thing sorted out a year ago? Before the summer ended, before the harvest passed, do you regret years ago when you were young, that the young people who were singing here tonight and you attended church perhaps, do you regret not then getting right with God and your life would have taken a completely different course? Do you regret that tonight? If you do, do not continue to live in the way you have, but tonight sort it out and stay behind. You've heard the gospel many times and you've never just sat behind and honestly wrestled with God. You've never sat down with someone and walked through the Bible and, and been honest and talked about your sin and your need of repentance. There's an opportunity tonight. Surely you know someone. I'm happy to talk to you, but surely you know someone. You can sit with and wrestle your way through this so that tonight you know, you know where you stand with God. And so set aside all your preconceived ideas of God and sin and call upon the Lord. He's a just God who must deal with sin. He is not a devil who can watch people sin and do nothing about it. We have a just and a holy God, but he's also merciful. And he sent a son to die. To die for you. So that you might be saved. Don't refuse that tonight. I hope some dear Christian tonight will not leave with a heavy heart. But they'll leave rejoicing. Because you have got saved. Finally. This harvest. At the end of this summer. You found Christ. You will rejoice in that. And you'll join the number of God's redeemed in heaven forevermore. I'll hand back just to Mervyn right now. If you want to speak to us, we're happy to do so. May God bless you in this mission. And may God give you grace to trust in Him tonight. Amen. Our closing hymn tonight is. That invitation hymn, just as I am without one plea, that thy blood was shed for me, that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. You'll do one of two things tonight, you'll either come or go. You'll either come to Christ before you leave this service or you'll go through those doors, rejecting Christ again. Think of the words. Make this the very plea and the very prayer of your heart. Just as I am. Just as you are. Nothing to do. All is done. Without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me. Thinking upon these words as we stand to sing please. <clears throat> Let's all stand while we sing.
the note and we'll sing this final verse. Just as I am, thy love unknown has broken every barrier down. You know, many people have barriers. They're friends. They're sin. You know, the Savior can break every one of them down. Now to be thine, yea, thine alone. O Lamb of God, I come. Even as we sing this hymn, this closing hymn, on this Sunday evening of this gospel mission, will you come, just as you are. Father, we thank thee for thy presence. We thank thee for thy word in song and in the preached word. We pray now as we leave this gathering that there will be none who will leave without Christ, but that each one will have that assurance that for them it is well with their soul. And that for them it won't be another occasion for the harvest to be passed. For the summer to be ended. And they're still not saved. We pray that thou would unite families in Christ tonight. We pray that thou will bring those that have been long prayed for. To a saving knowledge of thee. Separate us in thy fear. And in thy favour, we pray these things in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. If you're troubled, don't go without the Saviour. Everett Brown is here. There's other people here that you know are Christians. You speak to us. Don't go home without the Saviour. Lord bless you and thank you for coming.